you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. How many of you know who he was prophesying about? A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay in the line and righteousness to the plummet. He is talking about now the building and the structure and the foundation. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. All of this is figurative. It is all prophetic, and it is all figurative of what was to come. Your covenant, verse 18, your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through. Then ye shall be trodden down. By it. I'm going to stop there and I'm just going to talk to you for a little bit tonight if I can hold your attention. And if you would help me preach tonight, we'll get there a lot sooner. I don't want to be long tonight. I think I preached one of the shortest Sunday mornings this morning on purpose. From the time I stepped into the pulpit to the time I stepped out was 28 minutes because this past week I was told that I was long winded by all three of my sons. And so here we go tonight by the help of the Lord. And if you will help me, we're going to try to preach what the Lord has put in my spirit and uh, do what we need to do without belaboring the point tonight. But I want to talk to you about the new covenant, the new covenant. Lord, help me tonight to speak what you have put in my spirit. Lord, let our hearts be open to the word of God. Lord, do what you need and want and desire to do through me and through your word and through these people tonight. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Now, our text is a very powerful and prophetic scriptures declaring the old covenant and the beginning of a new covenant. It heralds the message of the arrival of Christ and his redemptive work that he was going to do. The obvious point of our text is the transition from the old covenant, which man could not live up to, that gave us the death sentence and hell sentence, if you please, uh, by its rigorous law that man could not attain or achieve to the new covenant. And, of course, we understand that the new covenant 
was not a new ordinance or law, although a new ordinance and law would come with it, but the new covenant had a name. And the new covenant's name was Jesus Christ. When we read both the Old Testament and the New Testament, let me help you tonight to understand what we are reading. We are reading about an old covenant and we are reading about a new covenant. When we get into the new covenant and begin to read about the new covenant, remember the subject matter at that point is Jesus. And when we read about the old covenant, we're reading about laws and all sorts of things uh, depending on where you are under the old covenant, but all of that is types and shadows that are pointing toward the new covenant. It is all typology pointing toward Jesus Christ and his coming. And so here in our text tonight is one of those one of those prophetic messages that were sent regarding the ending of the old covenant. It points out man's inability to overcome sin under the old covenant and the awesome power that was available for man to break the curse of sin under the new covenant through Jesus Christ. This text puts this narrative in terms that can be easily understood. The word picture declares that the covenant with death and hell will be broken. In Bible times, a covenant was the highest form of trust. And so when one would make a covenant, covenants were not intended to be broken. It was the highest form of, of trust. When we would covenant with each other in Scripture, when Scripture talks about marriage and marital relationship and declares it to be the relationship between Christ and the church and between us and Christ. All of this is dealing with covenant, and it is covenant relationship that was never intended to be broken. It is God's design. It was intended to be fulfilled. Uh, that is very fearful, in particular when we read about a covenant that was against us. And this is what our text begins to bear out under the old covenant. A man's wrongdoings could ultimately lead to his demise, to his destruction, or it could even lead to his death. And the breaking of the law could literally be like making a covenant with death and with hell. One without hope would have no recourse, no prescription to alleviate the pain, no remedy for sin, no response for the penalty of death. I pick up at this point to say that I believe that the enemy has fooled far too many people that are living under the new covenant but without a clear understanding of the new covenant. And he constantly brings the old covenant and he declares the old covenant over our lives. Instead of us receiving grace and mercy, we go back to judgment and wrath. 
when we fail, instead of understanding we have an advocate with the Father. What's his name? Jesus Christ the righteous. That is the new covenant. Therefore, when we sin, there is an avenue or there is a pathway for us to get back up and continue under grace. But under law, man was was pointed and only had one direction that he could go and that was to the misery of the prescription of law that would say death and hell would be your judgment. Our text here declares that they have made a covenant with death and with hell. Understand that lies have become their refuge. All of this was prophetic because uh, it was all pointing toward fallen mankind. That was because of one man's sin. All have become sinners. And here we understand that we have a covenant with death and hell because of sin and then lies have become our refuge. It's the only thing that we have to to lean upon and to rest in. But I come to tell you tonight that right in the middle of this prophecy that Isaiah is writing and sending and giving to us, Jesus Christ came along and he canceled the agreement. Because here's what he done. He didn't come to abolish the law or to condemn the law, the scripture said, but he came to fulfill the law, meaning he came and fulfilled the old covenant through blood sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And when he paid the price by the blood sacrifice on Calvary, he said, you and I can go free because he fulfilled the old covenant by his blood sacrifice. And he said, death and destruction will no longer be my plan over your life. But grace and mercy comes to set you free. And when the Son, therefore, hath made you free, you are free indeed. Under the old covenant, we were sentenced to die lost. But Jesus painted himself onto the canvas of your life's picture. And the agreement that you made with death and with hell has been canceled by the blood of Jesus. It could happen no other way. It couldn't happen through works because you could boast about that. It couldn't happen because of you showing up and signing a roster and saying, I'm part of the church. I pay my tithes. None of those things will get you there. There is only one thing that will get you there. It is the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because when you're wandering deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, Jesus comes along and rescues you and his love lifted me. Under the old covenant, we were sentenced to die lost. But Jesus comes along. The door of salvation is swung open. 
on its rusty hinges that had been closed all during the Old Covenant. Salvation has now come and made itself available to us. And the curse of sin is now broken. It was potentially for every man, woman, boy, or girl. Uh, don't let somebody tell you it was just for the upper room or just those on the day of Pentecost uh, or just those that lived during the time of the apostles. But it's for you and for your children and to all those that are far off even, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You can make lies your refuge as long as you want to, but I choose to step into the new covenant where Jesus Christ is my hope. He is my refuge. He is my soon coming king. I believe that the Lord of heaven sent me here tonight to just let somebody in this room know that the curse of sin has been broken off of your life. The curse of sin has been broken by Jesus Christ. Does that mean that man can't sin? Of course man can sin. Of course men can, can, can uh, frustrate the grace of God. Of course we can. Of course we can go back and make a covenant with death and with hell. And we can let lies become our refuge. Because everything that the prophet said was about the old covenant and the new covenant. But then he also talks about the covenant of our birth, of our flesh. The covenant by which we were born under. The covenant of sin because man was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible said. But along comes the blood of Jesus and he works through the will of man to make a choice and a decision. Do I keep my covenant with death and hell, the track that I started on, or do I step out and do I make a brand new covenant with Jesus Christ, the covenant maker, the covenant keeper and allow the blood of Jesus to wash and cleanse me. You can't go to enough AA meetings to get yourself free from sin. You can't go to enough counselors to get yourself free from the curse but I'm going to tell you what you can do. You can go to an altar. You can repent of your sins. You can be buried in water baptism in the name of Jesus, and he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking with other tongues. And when that happens, the curse of sin is broken off of your life, and you're reborn a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old habits are passed away. Old lifestyles are passed away and behold everything is made new oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise tonight the prophet Isaiah is declaring under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that the misery that the people of God have been living in is coming to an end the covenant with death and hell are about to be broken, he says. How can such a powerful covenant be broken and be ended unless a new covenant is about to soon come into effect? Of course, Isaiah was, was speaking and was prophesying of what was to come. And he said, behold, look around you. He said, behold, I lay in Zion uh, for a foundation, a stone, uh, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. 
a sure foundation. This is what makes the Word of God so powerful. When you start recognizing that there was all sorts of different adjectives, all sorts of different ways of saying who he was, of who it was that was coming. In Daniel chapter 2, he saw a stone. Everybody say a stone. A stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that stone figuratively broke every stronghold that was to be broken. I'm certain that the stone that Daniel's writing about and Isaiah is writing about, I'm sure it is the same rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. It was the same rock that Moses smote and from it came life-giving water. That rock was always making a way where there seemed to be no way. I come tonight to remind somebody that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 makes it real plain to us. He said, and that rock was Christ. And that rock was Christ. He wrote prophetically, he is a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. I come tonight to tell you whatever you need, that's what he is. And his name is Jesus. Whatever you may be facing, all you got to do is go to the rock of my salvation. Go to the stone that the builders rejected. He'll be your fortress. He'll be your water in a thirsty land. He'll be whatever you need and his name is Jesus. Oh, come on, give the Lord a shout of praise right now. He's the burden bearer. His name, his name being called broke the covenant and he is the new covenant maker. I believe God is trying to persuade somebody in this house that has been allowing lies to become your refuge. But, but I come tonight to tell you that God came to reverse every ill intent that the devil has made over your life. Here's what I'm going to try to do in the next 10 minutes or so, and I'm going to give us an opportunity. I know we've been praying for a while, but tonight we're going to pray differently. When we come forward tonight, I don't want you to come forward with your head down. I don't want these musicians to come with a sad song, but we're going to come forward tonight, and we're going to be a Pentecostal church. We're going to we're going to walk forward with, with praise. We're going to come forward because we've been redeemed. We're going to come forward with rejoicing because the old covenant has been broken over our life and we walked into a new covenant and he walks with me. Who walks with me? The new covenant. His name is Jesus and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. That's what the old covenant could never do. But the new covenant can. old covenant hell had a death grip but Isaiah says God is sending one who will break the curse of hell I'm going to tell you without the blood of Jesus in your life I know it's not popular I know nobody likes it I may get hate mail over it Somebody online may decide to write me about what I'm about to say to you. But I'm going to tell you, 
except you've been born again of the water and of the spirit. You're on, you're on your way to the lake of fire. You're, you've got, you're walking in a covenant with death and with hell. But when you are born again of the water and of the spirit, whoa, the old covenant is broken off of your life. And you are a new creature. There's only one way. There's only one way. And it is through Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the new covenant. And his name is Jesus. covenant. Death had dominion over you. Listen, I'm trying to draw these parallels quickly tonight. Under the old covenant, death had a grip on you with no hope of the resurrection. Understand what separates the church. Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that some of us have lost our rejoicing I'm talking about in the apostolic Pentecostal church. I'm afraid some of us have lost our worship, lost our rejoicing, lost our dance, lost our praise because we live too much in the here and the now. We want the blessing to affect this life. Listen, the new covenant is not about this life. There may be some joy in this life, but it is the fact to know that my name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life, and I have a hope that is beyond this world. Except those that have been born again. Their covenant is with death and hell. But we who have been born again of the water and of the spirit have a hope that one of these days he's going to call us up out of the grave. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The only way we can do that is through the new covenant. I've got to hurry. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. I've already preached it to you. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled, everybody say reconciled, us to himself by the new covenant, Jesus Christ. Everybody say the new covenant is Jesus. And hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Big word. I want you to say it with me. Reconciliation. Listen, under the old covenant, sins were rolled ahead. Under the old covenant, it was a sacrificial lamb that took sins to be rolled ahead, only to be dealt with and faced all over again. But Jesus Christ came along and he didn't just he didn't just roll sin ahead, but when Jesus Christ came along, he was the ultimate sacrifice. His shed blood paid the price for the redemption of sin from that point all the way from Adam to Moses and 
from Moses to the setting up of his kingdom. That means me and you all the way through the church age. He has paid the price for sin and he has reconciled us to himself. He goes on in Ephesians chapter 2. He said at that time under the old covenant the Gentiles were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel strangers from the covenant of promise. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 12 and 13. If you want to put it on the screen so they can know that I'm telling them the truth. We are strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope. Everybody say no hope. And without God in the world. That's you and I. We're in the world but we are strangers. We don't have we don't have a hope. We are strangers from the covenant of promise because the only people that had a promise was were the Jews. All the rest of us Gentiles had no hope. We 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 were destined. We had a covenant with death and with hell. We had no hope. Imagine living life with no hope. Oh, that's what that's what's wrong with the world. You know what's wrong with the world? They're living without hope. They're living the same way me and you were living before Jesus came into our life. But without him, we would have all been without hope in this world. But along comes Jesus. And when Jesus comes along, here's what he said in verse 13. But now, everybody say, but now. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh. Everybody say reconciled to himself. We are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. The only way we have hope. Verse 18, but your covenant with death and hell shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. Here's how the Apostle Paul explains it. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture and I'm trying to do it in a hurry tonight. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Here's what he said. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was. Everybody say was. That's past tense. The handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Which was contrary to us. Meaning it could be used against us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Here, let me help you with it just a little bit. In other words, every time, every time that we would sin, the enemy would take his, would take that notepad and he would write it down. And every time you thought about serving God, he puts it in front of you. It was an ordinance. An ordinance is a written article of something that is a legal document. You can't dispute it because it's real. It's there. I did it. He said, he said there was a handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Here's what I believe that the enemy does. I'm going to preach to everybody in this room, the young, the old, and anybody in this room that allows condemnation to keep you from living in the hope of Jesus Christ and in the joy of the Lord. 
Because every time you think, you know what, I'm going to really do something for the Lord, the enemy reminds you through the ordinance that is against you of all the reasons why that you can't do what God has told you you could do. Every time you think you want to worship outlandishly, the enemy pulls up and says, yeah, but look what you said, how you acted, what you did. You don't deserve it. And all of the sin throughout our life, we're reminded. We're reminded of every evil word, of every evil thought, of every wrongdoing, of everything that we've done. But he fixes it in Colossians chapter 2 because he said the Lord blotted out the handwriting of ordinance to against, that was against us. You know, in the office sometimes, I may write something. Now, uh, now we can just backspace the computer. But a few years ago, the only way to do that was to have whiteout. How many of you know what whiteout is? How many of you have used a lot of whiteout? Uh, because you have to go back and say, no, I can't say that. No, I can't. And, he, and you blot it out uh, and you try to rewrite the story. That's what Jesus Christ did for me and you by his blood. His blood blotted out the handwriting of ordinance that was against you. That's why when you repent, you are forgiven, but the ordinance still stands. But when we take you down in water baptism, in the name of Jesus, you are baptized into Christ. And when you're baptized into Christ, the blood of Jesus comes along with the name of Jesus and it blots out. The handwriting of ordinance that was against you. And then here's what he said. And he took it out of the way. In other words, he took it from Satan and he took it out of the way. And you know how he did it? Nailing it to his cross. So now, when the enemy comes to you and begins to tell you, do you remember what you did? You know what he's doing? He's working against you. He's working in your memory and he's bringing condemnation in a false article, a false document that will no longer stand up in judgment because at Calvary, Jesus Christ has already taken it away. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. Old things are taken out of the way and behold, everything becomes new. So therefore now that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus and the enemy comes, he says, no, there's not a legal document that will stand up against you. You go back and do your first works over. You know what your first works are? Well, i got to go back and be rebaptized. Nope, that's not the first work. The first work is repentance. Because the first thing you got to do is repent of your sins. You go back and repent of your sins and you get in the word of God because here's what the Bible said. We are washed by the water of his word. Let the word of God wash you and cleanse you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. 
No wonder the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what the enemy can do unto me. He goes on now. I'm trying to get through to somebody in this place tonight to tell you that the enemy is going to regret every time he has ever brought a false document against you because when you get the revelation, and it's going to come by revelation, when you get the revelation of what your pastor's preaching tonight and you get a hold of this, you're going to come out and say, nothing's going to keep me from doing what God wants me to do. Nothing's going to keep me from worshiping. Nothing is going to keep Keep me. Nothing's going to hold me back. I've been redeemed by love divine. Oh, glory, glory. Christ is mine. I believe some of us are about to be feared by the adversary that we have been fearing. If we'll get a hold of what I'm preaching tonight, it can turn your life around. The script is about, been, is about to be turned around in your life. You've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, am I in the word tonight, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and the spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, <laughs> then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's who we are. The enemy wants you to believe that you're nothing. The enemy wants you to believe you've been left out of the inheritance. The enemy wants you to believe that you're nobody. But you need to tell him, get your false document out of my face. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am an heir. I am an heir. What am I an heir of? An heir of every promise in the word. An heir and a hope of eternal life. I am an heir of heaven. I am an heir. Somebody thank God in this house right now. Declare it right now. I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ. I believe when some of you get the yoke this, uh, that's been around that's been around your mind and your thoughts when you when this yoke is broken and you begin to see and receive the revelation of what I am telling you the Lord never intended you for you to live under the bondage and the yoke the miserableness that you have lived under and I believe when some of us come out the other side of it we're going to understand that the bondage that the enemy intended for us to live under is the very thing that he is going to have to live under. Come on, I, I'm in the word tonight. He's going to be bound a thousand years. He's going to be bound, and there's nothing he can do about it. And so what he is doing in the world of psychology is called projecting. That means he is taking, <laughs> he's taking what he has been sentenced with and he is making lies your refuge because he's telling you, you are under bondage. You have no freedom. You have no liberty. 
You have no victory. I wish somebody would make up your mind to put the devil under your feet. Come on, we don't hear it much anymore, but somebody ought to put the devil under your feet and just dance on his head just a little bit tonight and declare, you're under my feet. You're under my feet. You're under my feet. I have the victory. I don't have to live under his bondage. He's going to be bound a thousand years. But you and I, the same church, are going to go reign with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. God's greater than what the enemy has spoken over your life. Your enemy is going to have to live in the house that he has built in your mind for yourself. I'm closing. David stuck his dagger deep into the heart of our adversary. When of God, he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, whatever you were afraid of, the Lord is saying, I'm going to feed you in the face of your adversary and there isn't anything that he can do about it. This is what I'm telling you. If you get the revelation of what I have preached tonight, you will stop living under the load of condemnation that was never intended for you and you will walk in the victory of the Lord. You will walk in faith that you've never walked in before because he came. He came to deliver us. He came to set us free. He didn't come to put more on us than what we could bear. Isaiah wrote about it. He said the eyes of the blind, that's those that don't have the revelation, that's those that can't see. The eyes of the blind will be opened. And the ears of the deaf that cannot hear a word of faith when it is spoken, the ears of the deaf would be unstopped. And the lame man would leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb would sing. Everybody say, that's talking about you and I. Then he spoke on some other issues too. Listen to what he said. Strengthen the weak hands. Confirm the feeble needs. Same chapter. Say unto them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Come on, somebody. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Come on, somebody. You need to walk to the front of this room declaring, Lead me to the rock that is high than I for he will be a shelter come on don't walk up here don't walk up here without a praise on your heart I dare you to walk up here making up your mind I'm putting the devil under my feet I'm putting every false thing he puts in my mind I'm putting it back in his face because I am to live in victory oh come on give God a shout of praise right now What it's done for me when I think of his goodness, how it set me free, I can't dance, dance, 
about to stand there and look at Sister Ashley as she leads us singing. But here's what we're about to do. We're about to throw a curveball at the enemy tonight. I want everybody in this room to close your eyes and I want you to declare to the only God that can hear you. I want you to declare that no weapon formed against my mind, against my spirit, everything that the devil has used to keep me from worshiping in freedom, I put under my feet right now and I declare in Jesus' name that when I begin to sing this song, I am going to worship in the freedom that God has given me to worship in. Come on, right now, do it in Jesus' name. Declare it in Jesus' name. When I think of His goodness and what it's done for me, yeah. when I think of His goodness, how it set me free, I'm gonna dance, 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 dance all night. just can't feel to break forth in that victory that I have preached tonight. I want you to lift your hand real high. Don't be ashamed. You're not alone. Look around you. You see somebody with a hand raised? If you've got the victory, I want you to walk to where they are. Come on. Don't mind lifting that hand. If you've got the victory, I want you to walk by somebody that just lifted a hand. Come on. If you need somebody to help you break through, we're going to do this together tonight. I want you to lift that hand. We're going to pray through to victory tonight. We're going to break through to victory in worship. Now I want everybody that didn't just go pray for somebody to get together with somebody and say we're going to do this together and we're going to worship God together tonight. Come on, we're going to have some victory in this house tonight. Yes, yes, yes. You know what the enemy, you know what the enemy hates more than your worship? Is he hates unity in your worship. He's fearful of unity in your worship. That's why you need to be gathered with somebody 
Get together with somebody right now and declare, we're going to worship God together for just a few moments here. We're going to break the back of Satan, his evil words, his evil doings. I command a weapon that the enemy has used against this church. I command it broken right now in Jesus' name. Now I want you to worship like it's already been broken. Jump, 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 all night, all night. Come on, somebody. 